Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Verses 1 through 10. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him, and the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners, and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lost one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the piece which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. May the Lord add his blessing to his word. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you that we have the privilege this morning of coming to your house. We lay before you our burdens, our heartaches, our concerns. We lay before you the names of our friends and our loved ones who are ill, and particularly our Father, those who are lost. You know the needs of each heart here this morning. We especially pray that if there is anyone lost in our midst, today may be the day when they shall be found by the Lord Jesus and become saved for eternity. For in your name we pray. Amen. One of the interesting things that we find about the Lord is that even lost people, sinners, crowded around him. He always drew a crowd to the point at times that he had to try to escape from the crowds. One occasion, he went out of house, and the people gathered in the house. And the house became so crowded that others could not get in, and at least four energetic people who had a sick friend took the roof off and let him down through the roof into his presence. On another occasion, he was on the seashore, and there were so many people crowding around to hear what he had to say that he went out into the boat so that he might be away from the crowd just a little, and there he preached to them. And then he went across the little lake to the other side, and the people would not leave him alone, but followed on the seashore. Jesus was appealing. Sometimes I think we 
gives such an image of him that he is not one that is appealing, but in all of his life, he drew people to him. And as a matter of fact, he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. He was a drawing individual, very appealing. Sometimes we present ourselves in the church and the gospel as something that is not very appealing. As I said to, I think maybe I said this to, uh, to the group in Bible study two or three weeks ago, that there was this fellow who was at the checkout counter in the grocery store, and somebody said to him, are you a preacher? And he said, no, I've just been sick a lot lately. I translate that into the inference that apparently a preacher is supposed to have a drawn face, very unappealing, looking sickly all the time, and I think maybe we translate that into the church and church people seem to repel, seem to show a, a, an appearance that is not appealing, but rather repelling. But this was not Christ. He always had a group of people around him listening to what he had to say and, and watching his miracles. But in every crowd, there is a group of people who are hecklers, those who want to discount all that's going on, and so there were the Pharisees and the Sadducees that began to murmur, and you find that in the second verse, and were complaining uh, about the fact that he actually associated with sinners. There is one person that is a, will be with a sinner wherever there is a sinner, and that's the Lord Jesus. And we ought to be in that same category as well. Amongst our friends and our loved ones, we ought to be there for the purpose of drawing them to Jesus Christ. And this is the way that Jesus was. By the way, the, uh, Luke, who wrote this book, described the people who were around him as sinners. But in the life of Christ, he almost never used the word sinner. He referred to them as lost. And I want us to look at it in those terms this morning because we're all sinners. We have a congregation of sinners here this morning. Some of us are saved and some of us are lost. And that's the only difference. I want us to look this morning at four categories of people that Jesus gave us in parables. We read two of them in the scripture this morning. I'll make reference to the other two. I want to say three things this morning. One, I want to talk about four ways of getting lost. Four ways of getting lost. Four consequences of being lost. And four quests or searching for the lost. Those are the three points I want to make. Four ways of getting lost we will discover in the four illustrations that Jesus gave us. And the first one is that of the lost sheep. Now in the Orient, the shepherd leads his flock. When I was on the farm and had a, a flock of sheep, oftentimes I drove them because I couldn't seem to lead them. So I got behind. But a good shepherd who has good command of his sheep lead them, and that's the way that it happened in those days that the shepherd led and the sheep followed. But there would always be some sheep in that flock who was determined to lag behind because it saw a little clump of grass that he just had to have. 
And even though the shepherd called, in his mind, I will catch up in a little bit. I'll linger behind and get this little morsel. The thing that happens is the sheep suddenly looks up after a while and discovers that the shepherd and the entire flock are gone and he has strayed and now he doesn't know where home is. A sheep is a dumb animal. It can't find its way home very well. Once it gets lost, it's lost. Someone must come searching oft times for the sheep. The shepherd takes his 99 sheep that have followed him faithfully into the fold and there he counts them one after another and he discovers that one is gone. Now the one that is lost has as much value and is just as good as the sheep inside the fold. I have people saying to me all the time, well I'm just as good as those people down at your church. And I have to agree. That lost sheep out there in this community is just as good, just as valuable, just as important as all the sheep in the fold. Another thing we can find about this lost sheep, he's just as loved because the shepherd puts the 99 into security, locks the gate, knows that they're safe. He goes out to look for the one that he loves so dearly. The one who has given his attention to other things. The one who has drifted away. The one who has paid no attention to his pleading. No attention to his call. There he is now all alone. There's one fact about that lost sheep. That sheep is not going to be saved unless the shepherd finds it. He can't make it home on his own. That's one of the strange things about people. We think like sheep in believing that we can stray from the leadership of the master, of our shepherd, and then when we get ready, can make it into safety. The fact is that will not happen. Secondly, he gives us the parable of the coin. A lady had ten silver coins, very precious She counted them, but she only had nine. What did she do? She swept that house. She went through it as you have many times for something you have lost, hoping to find it. And when she found it, she called her family and friends all together and rejoiced. But we're not thinking about her this morning. We're thinking about the coin. The coin was lost as a person is lost. The coin has not lost its value because it's lost, for it has the same face value as a coin that was in her hand or in the bank. The difference is the lost coin is doing nothing to glorify its master, its owner. It's doing nothing to return interest. A coin that is a good coin will do that which a coin is intended to do, and that is to bring some value to its owner. Lay that coin of yours on the shelf in your house, and it's worthless. Put that coin to work, and it returns to you something of value. The Lord God put us here upon earth to be active, to work. The coin was lost because it was idle. And many people are lost 
because they think there is no value in working for the Lord. I've had many people say to me, I know I ought to. I know I ought to be saved. I know I ought to go to church. I know I ought to pray. And I know I ought to read the Bible. But the point is they have no interest in doing those things. But God has invested his son's life in you and me. And he expects a return on his investment. Lost simply because one just dilly-dallies the way, the life, the time, and then suddenly it's over. And he's lost because he has done nothing about what he knows he ought to do. Thirdly, there is a lost son. This young man in the parable of the prodigal, which we did not read but follows immediately after what I read, was a young man who is lost because he willed to be lost. He said to his father on one occasion, I want you to give me my inheritance and I want to do with it as I please. Now this was a good young man. He was a good boy. But he was strong-willed. He believed that he ought to have the right to do with his life what he wanted to do. And that's what he did. There's nothing the father could do but allow it. There's nothing that God can do but allow you and me and every person in this world to do what we want to do with our life. He has given us that right of freedom of will. I don't know how many of you have ever worked a team of horses. Some of you have. And maybe you've had the experience of having one of those horses that learned how to get the bit in his teeth. If you ever had that experience, you would suddenly discover a horse with the bit in his teeth is uncontrollable. You can turn the reins, pull them however you want, and the horse will still do whatever he wants to do. Because he cannot be, you cannot control him when he has control of the bit. This is man who says, I am bent on doing my own thing my way, and, quote, takes the bit in his mouth and goes as he wishes to go. And so this young man did. He was going to do as he pleased. It was his life. He would do whatever he wants, and God would say, if that's the way you want it, that's what you'll have to do. So he went out into the world with money in his pocket. He was away from home, away from his father, but that didn't change the fact that the father loved him just as much as he did before he left home. No parent worth his or her salt, as the statement goes, will love a child less because they have been wayward, will love them less because they have decided to take the bit in their mouth and go their own way. A father or a mother will continue to love that child in spite of their stubbornness and their willfulness to go their own way and destroy themselves if they want. They still love. This is God. And even though you and I at times, and particularly anyone who has lost, has decided that the thing that he will do is go his own way, doing his own thing, God still loves him just the same. 
But there's a fourth person in the story. And that's the person called the elder son who is lost because of pride. Now this young man stayed at home. He didn't ask for his inheritance and put it in his pocket and go down the road. He stayed on. He was faithful to his father. He wasn't a wild person. He didn't run around. He didn't drink and crowd and do all the things that the young son did. He was very faithful, very obedient. He went to church. He was the model child. He sat in the congregation Sunday after Sunday. Everybody looked upon him as a fine young man or young lady as we certainly could translate it. He didn't show his true colors until one day his younger brother came home. And then we see the elder son for what he really was, an unsaved pretender of salvation. One who had all the appearances, but one who did not have it in his heart. Because when the younger brother came home and the father received him, the elder brother was very indignant. He was angry because he did not believe that the father ought to treat this wayward son in the manner that he was treating him. He was intolerant of his brother. You see, our salvation is greatly tied to our relationship with others. Now I didn't say that. The scripture says it. When the day of judgment comes and the Lord begins to separate people, He put into that day of judgment a whole lot of things about how you treated me, He said, when I was sick and hungry and in prison and on and on He went and naked he said, you, I was hungry and you clothed me, a sick and in prison, you visited me, and so on. And they said, well, when did we do this? And Jesus said, inasmuch as you did it to one of these, my brethren, you did it to me. He goes on to say, and you did it not to me, and to those who did it not. He said, depart from me, I never knew you. You see, it's not what we say with our lips that makes us saved. It's what we do with our total being in relationship to others that proves our love for Jesus Christ our Savior. And here comes the separation between the saved and the lost. Not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, so the Lord says, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. You want to go to heaven? Do the will of God. And you'll go. You don't have to make any profession, although that's certainly encouraged and advised and in some cases required that we, that we show ourselves for what we are. But he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, the scripture says, how can he love God whom he has not seen? So the elder brother was lost. And in our churches across this world, there are plenty of brethren, quote, brethren sitting in the congregation who are lost and going to hell. 
and their colors will be revealed someday when Jesus points out what their relationship was to other people. You hate somebody? Don't you tell me you love God. The scripture won't support you in it. Only when you love can you be loved. The elder brother was not saved because he could not accept his prodigal brother home. And it proved his real salvation was not there. His true nature came out. All right, let's move on. Second point, the consequences of being lost. Well, let's look at four of those. When it comes to the sheep, the consequence of that sheep was that he was in absolute distress. He had ignored the call of the master for so long that he had let the master go and now he discovers he's lost and he is in a panic. He doesn't know what to do. And so what does he do? He wanders. He has no purpose. He has no direction. And I talk to people continually who confess to me that they don't have any purpose in life. Why does a person not have purpose? It's because they have ignored the call of God so long that suddenly they discover it's too late. Everywhere they go and whatever they do seems to be a dead end. The shepherd has gone on and the follower is in distress because he has ignored the call. Some of you may have ignored the call of God in your life and now you find yourself in a state of panic. There's hope. The shepherd still comes back to look to see if he can find you. Secondly, the consequence of being lost as far as the illustration of the coin is concerned, that the coin was useless. The coin had face value, but it absolutely was unproductive. A person who is not a Christian in the eyes of God is absolutely useless. Absolutely useless. Jesus gave us a parable to that illustration when he said, a man had a vineyard and there was a tree that did not produce and the owner of the vineyard said to the one who was tilling the vineyard, why do you keep that tree growing here? It's producing nothing. The man who cared for the vineyard pleaded with the owner and said, let me try a little longer. Let me till it. Let me fertilize it. Let me prune it. Let me take care of it and see if we can get it to do something. And if it won't, another year from now, okay, let's take it down. Let's take it out of the ground. Listen. The Lord God may be saying to his son, why are you allowing my ground to be polluted with this unproductive tree? Or this unproductive coin that is lost. It's no value. I'm not getting any return. I'm getting no fruit. And the Lord Jesus is saying to his father, let me try a little longer. Maybe I can get that person to become productive. Thirdly, with regard to the prodigal son himself, he was a clean-cut individual, but he had degraded to the point of the hog pen. There is many a fine young man and fine young lady that grows up in our communities that gets uh, the, the urge to leave home and does so and falls in with the wrong crowd, and the first thing you know, they have reduced themselves to nothing more than living amongst the hogs living in the lowest possible realm of society. 
who have fallen into drugs and into alcohol and into illicit sex. They have become the dredges of society because they determine to live their own life, their own way. But even these are received by God when they will return. And fourthly, the elder brother. And I think maybe sometimes we do not spend nearly enough time talking about the elder brother. What's the consequences of his being lost? I tell you, the elder brother was the most unhappy person in all the world. You see, he was a religious person who was not saved. There are religious people who are not saved. Did you hear that? There are people who have religion that are infected with jealousy and pride. They are full of self-glory. Think of themselves more than anybody else. They have religion only. They do not have salvation. They have accepted the concept that there's a God above, but they haven't accepted the Son of God as their personal Savior. You can believe in God and go to hell. And there are multitudes doing that. He's miserable. This younger son is miserable. And he causes misery wherever he goes. Where whoever he touches is miserable. The church is miserable. The family, the friends, everybody is miserable because he's a religious person who doesn't have salvation. If you're a religious person this morning, but you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart, you're unhappy. You have to be. You have to be. And you're making everybody around you unhappy because you don't have the real thing. All right, let's finish with looking for the lost. In the illustration of the lost sheep, Jesus depicts himself as the shepherd who goes out looking. No sheep of the Lord is ever left without being searched for. If you are lost, you can be sure Jesus Christ is searching for you. Secondly, when it comes to the coin, the scripture talks about the lady went through her house with a broom and swept it in order to try to uncover the coin. This is an illustration of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit goes through our lives sweeping us, purging us, trying to get out of us those things that are contrary to God's will and make us productive in his case. If you feel convicted it's because the Holy Spirit is working with your heart and soul. And the thing you need to do is quit saying no, quit hiding, quit trying to stay lost, and allow the Lord Jesus to find you and save you. Thirdly, as far as the prodigal himself is concerned, we discover that the father was watching and waiting for him, continually waited, and when the son, the, the prodigal, comes to the father, the scripture says that the father saw him a long way off. There is nobody that comes to God but what God is already looking for you. That's the prodigal. And then the father also dealt with the elder son. 
And the elder son was very belligerent with his father about what had happened. And the scripture says in the 28th verse that the elder son was angry. But what did the father do? The father came out of the feast outside and put his arm, and these are my words in verse 28, put his arms around the elder son because the scripture says he entreated him. That is, he pleaded with him. Look, son, there is a reason why I received your brother back. I don't love you less because I love him. I love both of you. God will put his arm around you if you're an elder son or if you're the prodigal. And he will entreat you. He will receive you to himself. And lastly, the church is always on the quest. That's our purpose. Back in the 14th chapter here in Luke in verse 23, we have these words. When the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. That's the mission of the church. Or as Jesus said in John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, God sent Jesus into the world. He said, even so send I you. That's our task, our purpose. We're here this morning to proclaim the gospel of Christ that others might be saved. Those who are lost. If you're lost this morning, you're invited to be saved. Whether you're a lost sheep, whether you're a lost coin, whether you're a prodigal, or whether you are a member of this church, the elder son, the elder daughter. But in reality, you have religion and not Christ. That you would come to Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you do that this morning, let us pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at James sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.